Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. Welcome to the Get to Know an MVP podcast. My name is Nicole Montero, and today I would like to introduce you to Rick Cabral. Welcome to the show, Rick. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So, Rick, if you wouldn't mind, please introduce yourself to the community. You know, my name is Rick Cabral now, but uh, you guys probably see me online as Sergeant Sycor. You'll also know that I have a website, uh, Constellation for Sycor, that um, uh, a lot of people uh, download um, tools that I've built over the years uh, from that site. So, uh, yeah, that's, I'm the guy behind that stuff. Currently, I'm working out of Boston, Massachusetts. I am the technical director uh, with uh, Verndale, who's, you know, they've been a Sycor partner forever. And uh, the Northeast is a cool place uh, in America because I, I want to say that there's there's a ton of Sycor developers in, in the Northeast. So uh, I'm happy to be able to rub elbows with uh, other greats like, you know, Dan Solovey, Mark Stiles, and, you know, Mike Reynolds. Just a, a ton of really famous MVPs in that area. I've been an MVP now... It's funny, it goes back to a point where they weren't really keeping track, so it's either year 11 or year 12 for me. Uh, I know I didn't make the first cut, uh, but uh, I'm definitely in the second cut. It's circa 2009 or 2010, I can't remember. Uh, and I'm a technology MVP. And when did you join the Sitecore community? I've been working with Sitecore since 2005. I actually was trained in December 2005 by the legendary John West, and that was on Sitecore 5.0, which was a beta product at the time. So uh, I've been working with Sitecore, and, and the way Sitecore looked back in 2005 versus the way it works, looks today is pretty remarkably different. But at the same time, you've still got you know your, your items, your layouts, your templates. And that's honestly one of the things I love about Sitecore is, is how similar it is. In terms of becoming an MVP... It's probably all about community building itself. Uh, you know, around 2009, I realized that there was a, a need to help new Sitecore developers get better at Sitecore. And by then, I'd already, you know, put in a few, a few years, made a ton of mistakes, and really was starting to develop a style for the software. And what I wanted to do was, uh, was create a secret society for Sitecore developers in the Boston area. And, uh, you know, I had this sort of like European wine society kind of thing in mind. Uh, you know, with sort of a military vibe where, you know, developers could earn ranks. And so we'd sort of become like the new Masons. And uh, I, I shared this uh, with my boss at the time, a guy named Jeff Cram. And he's like, all right, dial it back. What you really want is a user group. Um, I'll buy the pizza. You just invite people. And so that's how the Boston user group started. For our first inaugural setting, we managed to get 50 people in the room, uh, which was just outstanding. And I think to date, it's still probably one of the largest uh, user groups in terms of registered users um, with more than 700 registered on Meetup. So that's sort of like my story is I'm the godfather of uh, of the Boston user group. And that set me up to become an MVP. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to still be one of the board members on that team. And what do you find the most appealing in the Sitecore community? People are really driven to help each other. The Sitecore community is, is especially the MVPs, it's, it's kind of like a giant extended family. You know, a lot of us are developers. Uh, we go home and try to talk about what we do with our significant others, and they just look at us and go, 1001110001, because that's what we sound like. And so it's really great to, uh, 
to go into a room and meet a bunch of other people that know exactly what you do for a living and exactly what your challenges are. And it's about building websites and, and, and leveraging the platform to do that. So it's, it's funny because it's a mix of being a support group, but also a, a group of people that are driven to, to improve the general knowledge and general usage of the product. And, and to see that kind of enthusiasm, it's just really, really quite amazing for a, uh, an industry that's, you know, it's, it's hard to explain to the casual users. I mean, most of my relatives just say he works in computers. Um, so having, ha- having a group of people that are really supportive of each other and, and really understand what you do, I think is probably the most valuable part of the psychwork community. And since you've been an MVP for quite some time, I guess, what is your suggestion for someone who would like to be an MVP? I'll reiterate, you know, what, 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 what Tomas would say, which is that, you know, being an MVP is about supporting the community. So it's about being active. It's not just about selling Psychor, although that, you know, factors into it. You got to be rah-rah, go Psychor. But what you want to do is you want to provide some useful insight because it's, it's hard right now with the quarantine kind of stuff going on worldwide. You're not going to be going to user groups, but there's plenty of user groups out there that are virtual and doing virtual events. And, and you could honestly do that too. Even without a user group, you just say, I want to host a virtual event on like Zoom or whatever, go to Psychor Slack and, and propose it and, and, and see who shows up. I think user groups are, are probably the, the best way to really get some visibility because there's two things you need as an MVP. First of all, you need good content. And the second thing is you need an audience. The only way you're going to get an audience is if you can, you know, interact with people socially. So while blog posts are great, you're not going to get recognized. Whereas a user group, you're going to, someone, someone who is an MVP or knows an MVP is going to, to find you. So, uh, you know, it's, it's like any, it's like the music industry or, or the sports industry. You have to get found by other talent and promoted. So I would say don't plan on just writing like 20 blog posts. You need to talk about what you know. Now, in terms of what you should talk about, the community is getting pretty sophisticated, right? Psychware's documentation has gone up a lot right now. And there's a lot of, of uh, you know, the more senior MVPs that are just right on top of the newest release. So if you go out there and you say, I'm going to tell y'all how to install Psychware 10, that's not going to work, right? It's a snooze fest. What we want to hear is we want to hear your personal story. We want to hear your challenges, what you discovered, what's what makes your experience with Psychor different from everybody else, right? Case studies, um, specific challenges that really challenged you, problems that you ran into, unique deployment problems. That's that's what we want to hear about. We want to hear about the things that we might encounter that but we haven't yet. Not just a rehashing of what you can find in the documentation. That's where the the power of the group comes in is to help spread knowledge of the edge cases for the Psychor world. And uh, I think if you do that, you're going to get noticed and and you're going to become an MVP pretty quickly. And Rick, would you mind sharing your message to the Psychor community? I would say don't forget the roots of programming, right? At its heart, Psychor is an object-oriented program. And when you're thinking about your content and your template design and your layout structure and frameworks that you might want to build, the thing that you want to do is you want to keep in mind the standard programmer mantras, all right? Dry. Don't repeat yourself. Keep it as small as possible. Yagni, you ain't going to need it. Don't overbuild. I see a ton of Sitecore developers. They get a requirement from a designer and they generify it and they abstract it and they make it into feature foundation project layers. Don't do that. 
start, you can always refactor it later if you find that you have an edge case that you need to support. But, you know, you're going to serve your content authors better. You're going to keep your design simpler if you keep your solution as dumb as possible. Don't overbuild. Don't overgenerify. Remember, you're not building a space shuttle. It's just a website. Well, Rick, thank you so much for sharing your story and thoughts with us today. It was great having you. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Next time you hear me, we will be getting to know another MVP. Until then, cultivate the community. Thank you.